You're listening to Gab Street, Columbus, Ohio's number one podcast for the counterculture. Hear unique, honest perspectives from the most talented creatives in your city about our most important issues, and discover your new favorite people along the way. Support your locals before they go global. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 109, titled, Smash That Mick Motherfucking Like Button. Today. (laughs) Or else. That's what I'm calling it. Or else. (laughs) Today or else. (laughs) Welcome to episode 109. The memes are already getting off to a good start. This is good. Uh, We have on an artist from a genre that I have not interviewed with before and I am very interested in and I'm excited to hear some insights and some understanding about this genre that I did not know before. Uh, Galen Tipton, or Recovery hello. Girl, is a <laughs> hyper-pop artist. Say hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> hello there. Um, first thing I wanted to tell you... Oh, also, we have a debut co-host today, or actually for the second time, Gray. Today we have hello. my boyfriend, Gray, on the show to co-host. Say Hello. 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 There's three trans in a truck today. It is three trans in a truck, yes. That's a, that's a, that's a good um, name for your new podcast. Honestly, not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> might consider it. <laughs> um, and speaking of that, uh, I wanted to bring up real quick before we get into the interview, just for our audience, um... This is likely going to be the last episode of the show until the summer, uh, just because of a reprioritization of my life and the things that I do. So um, we're going to be coming back with a different direction after that. Today is going to be most likely the last episode where we're interviewing someone about their music and their musical career and focusing on that specifically. Um, but we're going to transition more into mental health and um, the trans journey uh, for the show so we can educate the people, you know what I'm saying? So it'll be really cool. But to get into the matter at hand, first thing I wanted to say to you, Galen, uh, was uh, congratulations on earning a spot on Melon's Best Song of the Week. Thank you. I am about time. About time. Yes, that is correct. I don't know. I've been trying to get his attention for a minute. Yeah, because I feel like he played a pretty big hand in popularizing hyperpop lately. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. I think I I feel like he doesn't like totally understand like how big uh, his influence is, or at least how like much of an impact he can have on like smaller artists like Mm -hmm. i mean the example i always like to give is he used to have this series called it came from Bandcamp, where he would just play like random shit off of Bandcamp and do like live reactions of it and in 2018 he like played some of my shit for like 30 seconds and like like talked about it and like really liked it but literally only talked about my music for like 30 plus seconds and almost like within the week like enough people had bought my project for like me to pay rent for the next few months which was like unheard of at the time and it's just like 
Yeah. Jesus, yeah. this is wild. Um, has not happened the same with uh, the newest track, Pixie Ring, but I like, I don't know. I don't expect that to happen every time, but at the same time, it's just like, I don't know. Like, I feel like he needs to give a little more boost to smaller artists because it can really, like, actually help us instead of, I don't know, just talking about people that, like, already have the attention and money exactly. and people, like, like have their audience already. Yeah. So. Like, Melon, does Kanye West really need another review? <laughs> like, like I think he's got those in the bank, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he started his own mega church. But it's just like, I don't know. Like, just review more smaller artists please <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of really great shit out there that is like completely going under the radar but at the same time i i, I would think it's uh it's really cool that like now you know that can happen with your stuff you know like oh yeah maybe sometimes it might feel like oh this only this only happens to people uh, other than me and you know now the great, the great and wonderful melon has uh, <laughs> <laughs> has has, uh, has acknowledged music. That's really cool. And one one more thing I wanted to say here at the beginning is right before we started talking here, uh, I actually listened to Mysterium Zarxes, which oh, is, nice. I mean, as as you know already, uh, one of your tracks off of Ungoliant, um, and. I am such a an Oblivion fan. I, I played oh, when yeah. I was younger, and like hearing all those familiar noises and, and music was made me really happy. So I just wanted to say I really appreciate you making music based off of that game. Yeah, I am. I am obsessed with the Elder Scrolls. Like probably yes. to an unhealthy amount. Like uh, <laughs> I actually mean that. Like I I listen to like Elder Scrolls lore videos to fall asleep at night. Like, oh, that's great. almost every night. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. that. I'm, I'm the same way with Dark Souls lore uh, videos, oh, yeah. so I feel it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's another, that's a thing that I really want to get into, because I feel like that I would really love the lore. I've just never played a single game, so. Oh, bro. <laughs> it's so hard, but I'm I'm obsessed with them, too, just, just from a lore aspect. So even if you can't play them, the lore is super interesting. Okay, hell yeah. And... I am the right person to talk to about that series, <laughs> just so you're aware. <laughs> whatever gotcha. whatever amount of, of uh, Elder Scrolls content that you've uh, consumed that you feel is embarrassing, uh, yeah, you can multiply that by whatever number you like, and that's probably where I'm at <laughs> with Dark Souls. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, How many runs have you done now, to your knowledge? Oh, we, we don't just need to curious. disclose that to the audience. I think we're okay. <laughs> 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 okay any hoozle as it was put by mark Marin. um a question that gray wanted to ask you at the very beginning um if you want to ask it still you may uh, yes um i would i would like to ask your definition of hyperpop because i always have struggled to explain this concept to many different people because it is such a diverse genre, and I kind of wanted to hear your answer. Gotcha. I I have a couple different answers, so I don't know if uh, it'll make explaining it any easier. Um, <laughs> like, okay, so like, hyperpop, the term as we know it, is like, 
it's it's become something else, but it is it's a hundred percent a made up Spotify genre and playlist that just happened to like hit at the right time because Spotify like has made up so many like random genres like escape room and shit like that and none of them have really oh, like no. caught on but I think they just like they just like coined the term hyper pop at the right time in the right moment when all this stuff was happening mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. and like for better or worse it has helped it like kind of take off like just like putting all this stuff under one umbrella um I mean, how I kind of look at it, at least, like, the hyper-pop that I, like, enjoy and think, well, I, I, even the stuff that I don't enjoy, like, I still think falls under under this thing. But it's basically just, like, being, like, as catchy as possible in the short amount of time, mm. the shortest amount of time, um, and, like, yeah. through any means necessary like yeah and that's why there's like so many like different genre crossovers um for better or worse like i you know i'm not a fan of like all these white trap boys uh doing hyper pop shit but it still fits (laughs) under the genre of hyper pop technically because it still is extremely catchy um it's still doing the thing um but also like you know, Hunter Gex can make a a ska song, and that still fits under <laughs> yeah. hyper pop because, like, also extremely catchy by any means necessary. <laughs> ska song about stealing from Santa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I think as as the lay person in this conversation, I need a little background. Um, when exactly was the term hyper pop coined? Um, or at least was there a point in your musical career where you you heard that term and you were like, oh, that's what I make? Or was it always like that? Uh, no. Um, well, so, like, I've been making music long before the term hyperpop even existed, but I'm... It got coined sometime in 2020. Like, the hyperpop playlist, like, okay. started then, and then that's when, uh, I don't know, like, all this stuff started, like, really taking off. Yeah. Um but the name Hyperpop also has been the name of this label run by my friend Shady Monk uh oh. that has existed long before the like the idea of the genre of hyperpop existed. So I don't know, shout out to Hyperpop the the label that makes really dope <laughs> shit and has been for years. Um <laughs> Yeah, shout out Hyperpop. Hell yeah. Love that. Yeah. I didn't I didn't even know that was a label. Yeah, it's like kind of, I wouldn't call it a sister label of Desk Pop, but Shady Monk like releases stuff on Desk Pop, and there's a lot of like crossover of artists between Desk Pop and Hyper Pop. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like how PC music has just always been around. Yeah, kind of. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I like everything that's like put on the Hyper Pop label, I wouldn't classify as Hyper Pop because both Desk Pop and Hyper Pop kind of started more like had their roots more in like chip tune and video game type music and oh, have just sort of expanded beyond that trying to like bring in more sounds so it's not I, I wouldn't say like the label hyper pop and the genre hyper pop like have that 
I guess like that strong of a connection as like like PC music, the group of people and like the like collection of sounds that like people call PC music like as a genre, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel that. How do you feel about uh, Tadpole's Lullaby specifically going viral? Um, I still am very confused. I like I'm, <laughs> I, I'm totally down for it. Um, I I kind of like I was not expecting like that that like that the the music that I make in that vein to be the stuff that goes viral. Like yeah. there's like a handful of recovery song of recovery girl songs that like. I've made like kind of jokingly like with the intention to see if it goes viral and some of them like have gotten a lot of streams and it's been like oh like the meme song worked um but not <laughs> in the same way as like tadpoles lullaby just like randomly getting millions of views on tiktok and I'm still just like what the fuck is going on <laughs> I've always thought that was really funny because, like, I didn't even know that was you until, like, we started researching you for the interview. Oh, I was like, wait, <laughs> this is recovery. Yeah, no, like, my, my, my coworkers, like, who are, like, I literally, I started a TikTok right, right after it started going viral because it was, like, I just got to figure out how to, like, get some of these views my way, but like a handful of my coworkers are just like shout out Alex like, Johnson. No, wait, yeah, like that that's you? I that's fucking weird. <laughs> I hear this shit everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I I do stuff outside of this job. <laughs> Alex Johnson has been a fan of the show since almost the very beginning. Uh so I wanted to bring him up real quick. I know that's our our mutual connection here. Yeah. I love him very much. I love that man. Yeah, he's, he's such a sweet person. I don't know, like, the shorter amount of time that I've known him, like, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't say, like, we've gotten close per se, but um, we've definitely, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, media and humor overlap that, mm, I don't yeah. know, has allowed us to become, like, like closer and friends through that like more than just like oh we're just like like co-work acquaintances it's more just like yo like i i definitely would hang out with alex outside of work like oh hell like yeah. alex is dope <laughs> and speaking of uh shared interests in media uh how do you or sorry who do you look up to as an artist and as a person in uh... other words the dreaded <laughs> interview question who are your influences yeah um I, I guess i'm specifically going to like like i so when it comes to my influences i've tried to i guess focus more on like like the cool stuff that's happening around me if that makes sense just like trying to like focus on like um you know, like, what's the cool shit happening in Ohio? Like, what are the stuff that my friends are doing? Like, like trying to, like, I guess, like, build more community that way of just, like, focusing on, like, like, who, you know, who's doing cool stuff right now? Like, who makes me, like, not want to, like, move to L.A. or New York or some <laughs> shit like that? Like, because, like, there's a lot of here. awesome <laughs> stuff happening. Um, yeah. And I will say, like, 
Uh, Keith Rankin, also known as Giant Claw, like definitely like sonically and visually like is like like top tier, like so fucking good. I'm so surprised that like he's not much bigger than he is. Also lives in Columbus, uh, runs uh, Orange Milk Records, and that's how I have been able to put out stuff through them because me and Keith are friends in real life. And then also the uh, other person who runs... Orange Milk, Seth Graham, uh, lives in Dayton. I also used to live in Dayton. Um, Seth Graham is, like, we haven't uh, been able to, like, hang out in person that much, but, like, just an incredibly sweet and kind person. And we've, like, worked together on some, like, visual art as well as sonic art as well. And, like, also somebody that, like, I can't think of anybody else, like, doing shit that can, like, touch what he's doing, like, Maybe besides Keith, because, like, Keith is also, like, fucking incredible. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think you're 100% my people, because uh, <laughs> you, I mean, you said that you, you like to, you to tap into what's going on in your immediate surroundings, uh, and that's exactly what I'm all about. Um, so that's really cool. I'm, I'm glad, because a lot of the artists that I'll interview... I'll ask what their or who their influences are, and they'll they'll talk about these far away national people, who yeah. you know have created, who have been tastemakers for an entire genre like that is well known, but starting from the roots, like you can create something so much more unique, which is what you've done, because yeah, like there's 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 so much potential for like Columbus to like be more of like a art music slash culture hub than it is and oh, i think yeah like if more like i mean like i've i guess like correct me if i'm wrong i feel like that's part of the reason like you've been doing this podcast is, 100%. Like, trying to cultivate that yes and it's like i don't know like while ohio isn't great um i definitely understand people wanting to leave uh <laughs> but like i i feel like there's 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 more to be done to like i mean I don't know if more people focus that energy, same energy of wanting to leave as like towards like making this a place that like people actually want to live and move to mm-hmm. like that would be really cool. Like it's probably not going to happen for like a really long time. And like, I can't promise that I'm going to be living here forever, but like, I don't know. Something I like to think about a lot. Like I, there's a lot of potential for like, this to be a good space <laughs> you actually like just summarized the entire so point bad. of the show what'd you say Greg? sorry i just completely talked over you <laughs> I, I was just gonna say you you summed up the point of the show entirely but <laughs> what were you saying gray uh oh yeah columbus like really feels like it wants to be an art scene but like it just doesn't like it it feels like people want it to be so bad and then like they never take those steps yeah yeah like i guess like a lot of stuff i see like like uh i don't know like like stuff like advertising columbus arts like i'm just like i don't know who any of these people are like not saying that they're like not <laughs> doing stuff but it's just like i don't know just like having it, it just feels like people being like uh i guess like picked to like make like a specific 
like view of like what Columbus art should be. Um, possibly, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm totally off with that, but it's just like there's so much like really cool shit happening that like I don't think is ever like touched on or brought up by like people in those like quote unquote like higher art spaces in Columbus. Well, and I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and part of the reason why it's like that is because the the two biggest genres here right now are hip hop and um, alt rock and like both of those are are the top ones that people are actually known for in columbus from outside of columbus um yeah. so you know so, uh, lately there hasn't been a ton of room for other genres to to you know nestle in their spot there yeah so. that makes sense like i mean ohio definitely like has like a pretty rich like musical history that i also don't think like a lot of people think mm-hmm. about like i i'm not claiming like i know a lot of it um because i certainly don't but um i don't know just like the handful that I, people that i've talked to like in the hip-hop scene that like are like really invested in like ohio culture like as mm-hmm. like a like a thing um I don't know, seem like pretty invested in that. I don't know where I'm going with that. I definitely just trailed off <laughs> mentally for a sec. <laughs> I, I know what you're trying to say. I understand. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> also, uh, this show could also be titled uh, just the, t- the Tangent Show. So, you know, you're, you're totally fine. Right. True. Um, one question about your music uh, technical-wise that I wanted to ask um, in hyperpop as a genre and in your music, uh, there is there's a large range of instruments being used. Um, a lot of them unconventional. And I wanted to ask you, how much do you do acoustically outside of your digital work? Uh, what's your knowledge of music theory? How does that go into your music? Um, so, like starting off, I am absolutely not classically trained. I did not go to school for this. I'm okay. like borderline musically illiterate um (laughs) like there there's (laughs) like i i know i i have taught myself just enough of what i need to know to do what i want to do um which has been the the bare minimum a lot of it has come down to just like (laughs) like just like doing stuff over and over again or just like really like i don't know like if there's something that i really like if an doing something that I really like, like really just like honing my ears for like why that is the case. And maybe starting off a song with being like, oh, I'm just going to like try to like recreate this to the best of my ability. And then from there, like make it my own thing. Um, I don't know. A lot of it has just been like trying to teach myself in different ways and use as many like cheat codes as possible. Cause like, I don't know, life's too short to like get hung up on that shit um exactly uh, when it comes to like i do i don't know i i played bass guitar for a long time definitely like not that great but i still like have my bass i've played it a couple times on songs um just to kind of get a little bit more of a live feel um and definitely 
I don't know, like have a field recorder that I use sometimes and record like random sounds that I hear. But uh, a lot of it, a lot of it is still like digital, like in the box, like trying to do as much as I can, like just on like a laptop. Cool. Yeah. That's really good. Do you feel uh, that you're able to express yourself differently in hyperpop than in other genres? Yes. So I guess a little bit of background on that. The idea of like doing a pop project like had been on my mind for like a long while, like before hyperpop became a thing. And basically like as soon as I heard the Thousand Gex record, just a lot of ideas yeah. I've been having just kind of clicked of just being like, oh, this is how I do that. Like, hmm. th I like, you know, like not like copying them or anything, but just like this is this is how I express that part of myself that I've been wanting to but haven't had an outlet to do. Yeah. Um, so like I definitely like have other outlets of expression, um, like particularly like all the stuff under my given name, like can go variety of different places but like i i try to use the recovery girl slash hyper pop stuff to like really focus on the like the pop aspect of things like kind of like constraining myself to that like um as uh like kind of a challenge but also like uh, it well, I mean, yeah, it pretty much just is a challenge. I don't know what else I would call it, but also like I do enjoy doing it a lot. Okay, cool. And the difference between uh, names being uh, that music's being released under—that's uh, mostly to indicate genre, then. Uh, mostly. Like I guess, like with the stuff under my given name, can kind of just be whatever. Like I, I do a lot of different stuff from like like electroacoustic shit or sound collage to like i really fucking love making club music uh like i'm so excited to whenever things are safe again to like be playing at clubs again um but the, like, the recovery mm -hmm. girl stuff is pretty much indicate like this is the pop stuff cool gray and i both uh have a request from you Okay. <laughs> you don't have to. But okay. we both we both love your song Let's Go Bitch. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but we really want it to be longer. <laughs> because so... it's so good. <laughs> um you're not the first person to ask me that actually. So that that was my my first uh uh, I would say meme song like that. That was the last song on the project that I made and I made it in like 20 minutes. And I was just like, let's just put this on here and see if it becomes a meme. And it hasn't really, but it was for a while, the most streamed song that I had. <laughs> nice. I can, uh, so I don't know. I can, I can play around with making it longer. Eventually. I know one of my friends, um, uh, in Germany, uh, Jinka was talking about like uh, doing like a mashup of it with like one of her songs. Um, and I don't know if that. I, I I'm not sure what's happening with that. I guess like that would kind of be an extended version, but I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll get around to it. <laughs> and actually, it's just it's just so good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. 
Um, it is. It, it was the the bare minimum amount of work went into that song. I was just like, this either is going to be like, it's just like I need to uh, appeal to the most primitive meme aspect of myself. <laughs> <and I can't. laughs> oh, that's our whole brains. So you did a great job. <laughs> monkey brain say let's go bitch yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh you bringing up the the collab potentially being that extended version um leads me into my next question which is uh just because again my limited knowledge uh you know butting into the conversation yet again uh for hyper pop artists how does collaboration work most effectively um or like what are the ways that it happens i mean it kind of happens i i i guess like having collaborated with a lot of people like across genres it hasn't been all that different than like working on something else um but also like different people have different ways that they're comfortable like collaborating with and like for me specifically it's just been uh like trying to adapt to those ways to like make the other person as comfortable as possible. Cause like, I feel like I can like handle numerous amounts of ways to like collaborate on a project and just trying to accommodate another person as much as possible. So like a, a lot of the times with like hyper pop, it'll just be like, um, you know, someone has an instrumental or loop idea that like, maybe they want like more, more instrumentation on top of or they're just like hey like i got this like instrumentation i think is catchy but i can't think of a good vocal line like do you maybe want to add something on top of that or the other way around or um i'm working on a album with uh diana starshine and a lot of those tracks have been like her pretty much having them like written out, like just like having like, you know, basic MIDI of stuff and like having the whole song written and then like having that sent over to me to like fill it out as much as possible with like my production. Um, I don't know. It can go like a number of different ways. Cool. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I've never really known how like, electronic artists can collab with each other because like <laughs> my brain just like couldn't process that i was just like i don't know it doesn't work doesn't work no real instruments not there <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say the the only person i guess like besides diana recently the only person i've collaborated like electronically with in person has been keith slash giant claw and that was like both a bizarre and like really good growing experience and how that worked is pretty much just like uh, us just kind of taking turns, like, like being like in charge, I guess, like, just like, okay. Like um, one person sitting down at the computer and just like doing stuff. And then if the other person was like, wait, I have this idea. Can I like, you know, can I like take over for a sec? And then, that just kind of like being traded back and forth um but like i don't know doing stuff online has pretty much just been like just like trading files back and forth and fucking around (laughs) (laughs) hyper pop jam session (laughs) (laughs) 
pulling out the synth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I would love to have a live band at some point. That would be fucking amazing. Um, but we got to have live shows first. So one step is <laughs> higher. <laughs> I'm I'm just imagining like because you know my my background is mostly in hip hop here so I'm I'm imagining like the the drum machine that's just the square of buttons in front of you mm-hmm. but instead of like hip hop kicks and snares it's just like nails being dropped and like <laughs> just all of these really interesting noises well, I would love to see what happens with that <laughs> in a live show. Dog woofs, like, yes. at the end, end of the yeah. I mean, you know, that could happen. Also, I, I like, I, um, there are, like, a handful of rappers that I work with in the city, but one, uh, I, I don't know if he's been talked about or on the show. I'm not even sure. His name's Atlas Mo. Um, I've heard the name. Yeah. Yeah, we... Uh, we've been friends for the past like four or five years. Um, oh, yeah. We we interned in the same studio together, Orange Judio in Columbus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Joey we're, we're, Shout out Joey Gerwin. Yeah. Yeah. We we both like we're Joey's uh, intern and coffee and cigarette runners for like a couple months. <laughs> That's great. Um, <laughs> But literally, like my like my first day was like going to a gas station and like getting cigs and <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, we we have a a recovery girl slash Atlas Mo like mixtape that is almost done. That is pretty much just like a like just I don't know those two styles like uh just like you know. If they were like two separate semis going down a highway <laughs> and the drivers were asleep and they like crashed into each other, it kind of <laughs> sounds like that. <laughs> the uh, the Oscar Minor wiener truck crashing into the, the truck full of cream. You know, <laughs> just, that's what it is. <laughs> Yeah, actually, it's, that it's, is. It just sounds like that dude that's like expelling the hot dog from his throat. It's like. i'm actually that is the most excited i've been hearing about a future collaboration project though in a while so i can i can send you all the demos like i I don't oh my god please please do that (laughs) i'm pretty stoked about it it's just like i just need to sit down and it's one of those things i just need to sit down and finish it like it's pretty much done it's just like not mixed and mastered at all and i just i don't know when we're going to put it out. I was trying to pitch it to Dylan Brady and dog show records, but like, I don't know. I'm, I I feel like I don't have it in with that crowd yet. Um, and everyone who's friends with Dylan Brady, that's also friends with me. That's told me to reach out to him. They're like, yeah, just like message him. Uh, never seen no response. So I I don't know. (laughs) I know how that is. Yeah. So now, now you've got me for uh, for Dark Souls lore and for Columbus hip hop lore. That's uh, that's what oh, you got me for. Oh yeah, I'll I'll get you in. Don't worry. <laughs> you you just you just stand right by me. We'll we'll get we'll get you in. <laughs> <laughs> 
so exciting. I'm so looking. For, I'm like actually like bouncing thinking about that coming out. This is, that's oh awesome. damn. Yeah, I'll I'll just drop that shit in the chat right now. Sweet, bro. Thank you. We appreciate that. No problem. It, Audience, get as jealous ever... as possible. What? <laughs> no, what's up? Great. Yes, great. Huh? <laughs> Everybody's talking at once. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> I was just telling the audience to get as jealous as possible. <laughs> so, I was just saying, um, the, does it like ever um, hit you that like so, some of these like big name artists are like following you on Instagram or like listening to your music? Um, do you say does it ever hit me that they're following me? Or like I don't know, like. Like, if it does, like, how does that feel? I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. It can be kind of wild. Like, I know I know Dorian Electra is a fan of me, and we've talked a little bit. And That's also, so cool. like, when I lost my job last fall and, like, posted about needing help, like, like almost immediately, like, Dorian, like, sent me 100 bucks, and I was just like, I don't even, like, really know Aww. you, but, like... Like that's awesome. That's so <laughs> I don't nice. Know. Like shout out to Dory. They're, they're such pretty... a cool person. Yeah, like I really, I would, I would love to like actually like get to work with them more. I'm like, I, I'm friends with slash like internet acquaintances with like a handful of people around them. So like I kind of hope that that can happen at one point. But it's still just like it blows my mind. Like when someone on that level is just like hey like I, I like your shit and it's just like i don't know it's very validating <laughs> <laughs> what what if yeah. uh what if you uh what if you got dorian on the show <laughs> that, would, that would be wild i don't know i gotta i gotta get dorian on a track first <laughs> yeah no that's fair Kara, <laughs> you almost made me pee <laughs> you can't you can't you can't do that <laughs> Yeah, like, we, we aren't that close peed. yet. I almost peed when, when she told me that we were going to be interviewing you, and I was like, oh. It's <laughs> like, are you sitting down? Now I will tell you. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're, we're not that tight yet. Like, we haven't talked in a hot minute. Um, I'm also but, just messing you know. with you, so no worries. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. all good. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> what are you the most proud of in your career so far, whether it's a collaboration or a solo project? Or just mm. even outside of music, what are you proud of? Damn. Um, Asking trans people what they're proud of, be like, <laughs> yeah, that's just that's how we be. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I like I don't know like the thing that I'm most proud of I'd say and I like I it's it's one of those things that like, I try not to like think about very much or like um I don't know like not like pat myself on the back or anything um but I really like I don't know I'm I'm proud of how um, I guess I'm proud of myself for how open I've been able to become about like one 
my identity and to my craft, like both in a way, like, like very specifically to like make people who are like me, like feel seen and like they can do like, I don't know, whatever they want to do. Um, and the only reason like that, that like, I like feel proud of that, of like, like having like people like directly message me about that and just being like, okay, like I could stop making music tomorrow. And like, I affected one person in this way. And like, that is like that, that was the goal. Like, like that feels great. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel That's good wonderful. that I've been able to kind of maintain those things and keep growing, like despite a lot of fear from a variety of places. <laughs> Well, and it's definitely something to be proud of. Yeah, it, definitely. It shows how far you've come as a person. Yeah, like I'm. There's still a lot of shit that I'm scared about, but like, um, just gonna keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's all about. And you know, Gray and I, being trans people as well, listening to your music, it it really does, like like give give us the opportunity to be seen as as a group you know yeah like, I, I really feel that and when i listen to your music i resonate with it a lot because of that and it uh it, I, I connect to it very immediately so is uh there all there also aren't too many people uh in my position you know doing doing podcasts as a trans person either and it's important for people like the three of us to you know if we want to be seen to to be seen for the, for the sake of others too yeah it's like I don't see, I don't really see like myself a lot really anywhere. Like they're like, just like uh, people with similar backstories or people who like look like me and I like are like identify the same way. Same. And it's just like, I, you know, if like, if that's not there, like I can try to be that even in a small way to somebody else. Cause like, I, I don't know. It's like a, not <laughs> the the only person in my position out there for sure um so yeah. i'm just like trying to do what i can i almost view I it as yeah i remember like the moment i found out that laura less was trans and like that that i think that was like what really clicked for me with with the genre of hyper pop as a whole because like I had already been listening to Dorian Electra a little bit, but like I didn't know that Laura Loss was trans because I just don't do research on artists. Mm -hmm. And like it just, I immediately felt so much more comfortable in my choices of music. Yeah. <laughs> because then, like knowing that like two of the most prominent artists that I've been listening to like are trans or non binary and like have been going through some of the same struggles that I have and can still make this beautiful array of sounds like it just it, it really made me feel a lot better yeah no i i feel you like for for the amount that i like playfully or not playfully like shit on hyper pop um <laughs> the fact that it's like <laughs> has been like such a i don't know a like space to I wouldn't say uplift, but like to like, there's, there's so many trans artists, like openly trans artists in hyperpop and hyperpop is extremely popular at the moment, at least in the underground. And like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know the the fact that that's evening happening is super cool. 
Yeah, and I, I know what you mean when, when you hesitated to say the word uplift, because it's like just listening to other us talk about anything. Yeah. It's it's not even just like, yay, I'm trans and that's cool. It's like, yes, I've mentioned that I'm trans at some point. That's not all of who I am, but here are the struggles that I deal with. Yeah. Representation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Having that I, I also, right. like, another reason hesitating using the word uplift, because, like, while, while hyperpop as a whole, like, is really cool that this exists, there's still, like, so much work to be done in like like even more work to be done like um like not just in hyperpop but like in general the thing at large because or music at large because like a like for example a lot of the trans or queer artists that are the most popular in hyperpop fit very specific molds of queerness that like that people like mm. want uh, to consume yeah whether yeah. they like realize it or not, like just the the thin white androgynous um, type beat, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yep, 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 and yep. like that that is that is like nothing against the artists themselves. That's more about like the people that consume it and how much they are thinking about it or not. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's, I don't know. It's just kind of like if I was making the same type of music as Dorian Electra and as visible as Dorian Electra, would I be getting the same like type of attention uh, being an AMAB trans girl who is like slightly overweight and has facial hair? Like would, would that, would people be like as eager to consume that in the mm-hmm. same way? Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I <laughs> like know there's exactly still more work I mean. to be done. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely see where you're coming from. I I feel that a lot with TikTok. I'm a TikTok fiend, but I like it seems like all of the popular trans creators or popular like neurodivergent creators as well seem to be like that skinny white, feminine effeminate type deal, and that and that's I don't know that's kind of damaging. Yeah, and it's like. Like, again, like, I don't, like, necessarily criticize the artists themselves, uh, more so, like, the fact that there is such a demand for it to be consumed. Um, Like, I don't know, like, it, it's complicated, but I blame the audience more than I blame the creators. (laughs) Yeah, no, it it makes sense. the algorithm, too. Algorithm is is a lot of the problem, especially when it's something like tiktok where like it uses like the colors and the faces and everything else to factor in oh damn i didn't i so like i'm i'm still super new to tiktok so i d- didn't know that that is wild yeah like I, I don't know like i've 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 done a little bit of research just not not super much but enough to know like the bare minimum of how face recognition and ai work and it's it's not great. <laughs> yeah. There's so many studies showing that like a lot of facial recognition is not designed to work with people of either Asian or African descent. And that's not great. Yeah. Like 
just I, like, not, like it's I'm, literally like designed to work for white people and then like the the people of color are an afterthought and that's not like that's not okay yeah it's 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 absolutely not okay but i'm also like not surprised in the least <laughs> like just like oh like this of course this sucks like <laughs> <laughs> yes i felt that as like ah uh, yes my expectations were correct guess i'm gonna go crawl back in my hole <laughs> <laughs> if y'all don't mind if i backtrack just a moment here yeah sure uh you mentioned uh being a trans woman with facial hair and that is something that i have been thinking about a lot recently because well, one, I want this stuff off my face, and you know, I, I'm, I'm happy that you you take pride in it. And I just wanted to mention some somebody that I follow on Instagram uh, named Harnam Kar. Uh, I I am not sure where she's from, but she's a cisgender woman who keeps like a full beard, mm-hmm. a full face of facial hair. And I followed her, and I every time I look at her page or see a post of hers it just makes me feel better you know just seeing that representation so yeah i'll have Dude, to especially since that. she's cis too like that's that's yeah. kind of like a well like it, like for me like a lot of it is the fact that just like like ideas of masculinity or femininity or whatever are like absolutely completely made up um yep. and it's one of those <laughs> things that's just like what um like, for me, like, uh, the idea of femininity, femininity having a specific definition um, is useful until it, like, limits my expression or limits how I feel about myself. Yep. So, mm-hmm. um, like, a lot of it just comes down to, like, each person's, like, individual preference to how they want to express themselves and what feels comfortable like like i feel like after i mean like i obviously still experience a lot of uh dysphoria here and there but like definitely feel more comfortable in myself than i have in a long ass time and like (laughs) my 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 issue when it comes to uh dysphoria is oftentimes not so much an internal thing but an external thing of just like oh like i may i may feel or see myself in this way but uh at large that is not the case for how i am seen yep i felt that i know exactly what you mean it's a little different for me since i'm transmasculine but especially like since i mostly identify as a non-binary person and it's it's really hard being lumped into something that is basically seen as either woman light or yeah. boy light. Yeah. Yeah, like a, like a lot of people when they hear non-binary, like, oh sorry, non-binary boy or non-binary girl and they're just like <laughs> fuck out of here like God. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then they like see it as just like, oh, it's just a third gender option. No, it's not. Like, yeah. My my gender my gender is literally just me sitting on a lily pad pretending to be a frog like i'm doing my own thing just like chill the fuck out it's not that weird <laughs> y'all are just, yeah, just the flies like, chill, I'm like... my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like 
I am I'm a trans woman, but I'm also I'm also a masculine trans woman. Like I wish to be masculine in the way that women are masculine. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I'm I'm the same way. Like I I don't want to be seen as a girl wearing a skirt. I want to be seen as a boy wearing a skirt. Yeah. But people never see that. Like they immediately think that since I'm I'm trans that like I can't. Yep. Yeah, it's literally just like just so much unconscious cultural conditioning that like a, a lot of people like never think about in their entire life. Which, like is fucking wild to me. Um, I don't know. It's like I guess like that's what like makes those like smaller spaces like where you are seen like so much more impactful because it's just yeah. like okay like like that like that this isn't just a me thing at all like that like there is mm-hmm. a like one there's a community of people and also like there are people who like there are people who see me for me that aren't like i don't know doing it to be nice to me or mm-hmm. like whatever like it's just like a there are people where it's like not a second thought and i try to cultivate those relationships as much as possible <laughs> same here yeah well, and especially in columbus there are a lot of spaces that are good for us thankfully yeah I, I would I, I would say more <laughs> than other cities um i i i uh don't know if i would say there are a whole lot of spaces that are super great, <laughs> but yeah. more than other places. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Gray? Um, unfortunately, people want me to be in the women's spaces just because I'm non-binary, <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I I I think it's it's harmful to like lump in everybody like that sometimes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's just like at the same time, if I was in those same spaces, like I definitely know I would be getting looks. Like, <laughs> yeah, white feminism only benefits white cis females. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Ugh. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and like the job that I do for four days a week, eight hours a day, is is working directly with the public, mm-hmm. just random strangers. Uh, and I I teach them how to throw axes properly, so I have to interact with them for like fifteen twenty plus minutes at a time. And the, it's actually been like an experiment in what <laughs> I have to wear and what I have to label as to get people to just get it mm-hmm. uh, without me having to say anything. And I hate having to say things. I hate having to hear a, a customer uh, call me sir without knowing that it's not that. But then mm-hmm. when I when I approach them about that, they'll like break down and, and be really upset. Like they'll be, they'll feel really bad that they, they offended me or something. And I'm like, I'm just telling you for the future. Like, it's cool. Just like, just switch it up. You don't have to cry for me right now. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) For being neurotypical, these people sure do cry a lot. (laughs) Yeah, for real. (laughs) 
I mean, <laughs> are, are, are they even neurotypical at that point? Like uh, a lot of them probably should still see therapists, you know. One hundred percent. I've got I've got more shit than they ever got going on, and I I'm <laughs> more normal than they do. <laughs> I'm listening to you say that as I'm looking at your uh, Patrick being crushed by his own house profile picture. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm just like, yep, this is where we are. <laughs> yeah, uh, that definitely visual representation of uh, being neurodivergent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just feels like I'm holding Patrick's rock on my head. <laughs> Pretty much. Exactly. And that is ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I will I also say. Would, hmm? would like to say one last thing about your music, and that is, um, your your music does appeal a lot to me as somebody who's neurotypical because I get to stem with it. So, Divergent, you mean? Thank you, thank you for creating slightly abrasive music as an artist because the abrasiveness makes it better. So. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I like. Uh, I mean, most of my music is like trying to appeal to my own attention span and sensibilities. So, so like, I'm I'm always really happy when like that, it, like, ends up being the same for somebody else. <laughs> I love it. It's it's like whenever I want to listen to music, I only listen to music that sounds like that because it it allows me to like feel myself and express myself, like in different ways even than this being trans too so it's it's really cool yeah oh that's fucking awesome thank you for telling me that of course galen what are your plans for the rest of 2021 and into the future (laughs) uh well, I'm getting vaccinated today. Um, oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. First vaccination shot, so... Sweet. Uh, hopefully that goes okay. Um, if I'm speaking about just music, um, I, like, literally have, like, I guess, three-ish projects on the back burner and just trying to figure out, like, how to finish them and put them out in the right way that makes sense. I, the main one that I'm working on um, will be this like uh, like recovery girl mixtape that every track is a collaboration in some way. And I've managed to snag a couple like bigger features from people that I thought they would never respond. Like, like oh, GFOTY right. and Lil nice. Mariko. Um, uh, yeah, so like trying to finish that, like each track that I've put out um, this year uh, for Recovery Girl has essentially been a, a, a unspoken single for it. Um, nice. So I'm, I'm hoping... I'm hoping I can get it. Well, I, I want to get it done before this summer and then put it out this summer. And then I have a, awesome. I have that collaboration project with Atlas, um, which is also pretty much done. And it's kind of just like, do I put that out before that or after that? I don't really know. Um, and then I have a collaboration album with Diana Starshine that, um, we are trying to get out 
by July, if we can. Um, and that yes. one will be not a mixtape. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, so that that's the immediate future. I also may or may not be doing a splice pack. Um, I'm currently talking to uh, to someone about that right now of potentially doing that. I don't know if any if y'all know what splice is or if any listeners do, but I if you do this, uh, buy mm-hmm. my splice pack when it comes out. Very important. <laughs> uh, uh, it's essentially it's a it's a website um, that you can subscribe to and get uh, a large access. Uh, to just like this massive library of samples um, to use for making music. Um, yeah. So I've, I've been wanting to do one for a while, but haven't really figured out like how to get in contact with them. And I may have. So it's not for sure, but I would really like to do it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, even if you can't do it through Splice, you should still release it. Just, just well, to say I, that I, I, I do have a sample pack out already. The splice pack will be like, I, I haven't started anything for it. I'm like in the process of like p- pitching it ish. I, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a, I, I'm not super far into the process of making it happen, but it's, it's farther along now than ever. <laughs> cool. We'll be looking forward to that. Yeah. How does our audience find and support you and your music? Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, and I don't have a Facebook page anymore, but Instagram and Twitter definitely. I'm on uh, every streaming service. Um, I have some stuff on SoundCloud. Bandcamp, definitely, if you like, want to like financially support me like that, that is the best route uh if you just search for my name you will find me (laughs) hell yeah good to know cool do you have any last minute shout outs to make before you wrap up uh (laughs) hard question it is a hard question i don't know i I feel like i I did the shout outs of the orange and the pop and the, the hyper pop uh um if you got nothing else that's cool too yeah uh shout out Otherworld for being a cool place to work i guess <laughs> and shout out alex johnson yeah absolutely shout out alex johnson what a king absolutely a king. Actually, absolute king material <laughs> yes okay well uh audience this is a little bittersweet to be honest with you um but this is this is it for a little bit we're not going to be releasing again till probably mid to late july to be honest with you um but this is going to be time that the show is going to be building and it's gonna finally be something that i can be as happy with as i i want to be so you know uh, keep up with us. We're not going away forever. Keep, stay tuned. Don't worry. We'll be we'll be right back after these messages. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, they, definitely, definitely feel free to have me on again the new podcast because uh, I also I I feel like I can 
contribute some shit to that as well. I was already thinking about it as we were speaking, so you you'll be you'll be coming back on. Both of you will be coming back on. Um and I don't know. This is a Oh, it's one last thing. This episode yes. was super fitting for me to be on because <laughs> guess what's in two days, Kara, from recording this. Yes, April eighth is Gray and I's anniversary. Aw, so we'll be we'll be having. Thank you. <laughs> we'll we'll uh we'll be taking a a reservation at beautiful Akaihana. Will be delicious. Deleting it, it, deleting eating the best <laughs> Japanese food. I will in be town. deleting that food from existence. <laughs> well, we will be deleting it. Yes, you're right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Control also known as inhaling. <laughs> cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll catch you. I can't say the next week thing this time, so we'll we'll catch you on a Wednesday sometime in the future. <laughs> Six a.m. again, probably. We'll probably keep that schedule. Hell yeah. And uh, if you have anything that you want us to promote, or if you have a, anything that want to talk to us about um in during the hiatus feel free to dm us uh and you know we're still here it's just we won't be putting out content for a while so yeah thanks for listening this week we'll talk to you soon bye bye